You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back. Huddle Up, a football podcast. Tony here, Daniel and Corey. Welcome always. Hello. Hello. Uh, Julio Jones and Aaron Rodgers have filled a normally very quiet time in the offseason. And I don't want to go on too long about them today. Let's not talk about Aaron Rodgers at all. No news there. Um, There is a little bit of news with Julio Jones. So let's at least have the conversation formally. I talked a little bit about it once, but by myself. And so let's, let's get the group's opinion on this. First of all, the, what was that, June 1st? Is that, was that the deadline? <clears throat> Excuse me. Was that the deadline for the contracts, June 1st, and something about yeah. cap and all that? Yeah, so that, that deadline has passed. And I think a lot of people, and I was guilty of this too, a lot of us looked and said, um, you know, Julio's going to be traded on the first. It's going to be the first. It's, it's got to be the first. It's got to be. The, it doesn't have to be the first, guys. That's the minimum. Like, that's day one. We've got day one until what? Week three of the season? I mean, at, at what point does Julio Jones lose value? Never. He never loses value. This is just the beginning of when Julio Jones can be traded, and I can't blame the Falcons for not moving quickly. Um, I got to a conversation with somebody else about this today. Shouldn't they move right now? Well, no, they shouldn't move right now. Uh, I expect this to take longer than we want it to. I expect this to take quite some time because the truth is this is a game of poker where everybody can see all the cards. Julio Jones is a phenomenal talent. There's nothing to hide. A little bit of soft tissue injury last year. The Falcons have to trade him. They're in cap hell. They can't sign any of their rookies. They got rookies playing for free right now. Are they even showing up? I don't know. The, 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 it's going to happen. But, but there's no reason for Atlanta to just give it away because it, it still has value. So what do you guys think? Do you expect this to be quick? I don't. And um, let's just go. Where do, you, where do we want Julio to land? Let's talk about that as a group. I think it'll be quick. I think here in like a week, he's going to follow the headlines. And one day we're just going to get side blinded by it uh kind of like we did with carson wentz because we kind of fell asleep on it and then bang it happened um as far as landing spots right now seahawks are the favorite i don't hate that i don't like what that does to dk metcalf from a fantasy perspective i know the titans have been rumored um i, I think it's good for for them i don't want julio to land there because the colts play him t- twice a year but Besides that, I don't really have any favorites. Um, I, I do like the Seahawks, though. Yeah, I think you guys are going to hate my my landing spot, but it is the Titans. I know he's he's favored up there. The Titans are kind of like that one, I'm not going to say superstar away, but that one core offensive piece away. Because right now, I mean, they gave, you know, they let Corey Davis walk. They have A.J. Brown on the offense, and that's about it on their wide receiver core. I mean, it. Other than Josh Reynolds, who they picked up this offseason, uh, Ryan Tannehill needs some more weapons. Uh, Johnny Smith left town, too. So um, I think as far as team need, uh, Julio would fit in perfectly with Tennessee, and he's a perfect compliment to A.J. Brown. And I know that makes Colts fans everywhere cringe. <laughs> it does. It makes me cringe. I mean, the, the, the reality is, though, if the Titans want a real opportunity to stay on top of the division that's growing with Jacksonville and the Colts are healthy again, if, if Tennessee wants that opportunity, I agree with you, Daniel. 
I can't believe I'm saying this, but Corey Davis was like losing Corey Davis is, I think, detrimental to that team. I looked at their wide receivers. I don't think I've got them in front of me right now anymore, but they, the guys, it is not a pretty picture. There's a bunch of guys that have to either prove themselves or have had a lot of opportunity and haven't ever done very much with it. I mean, the only player there is Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown, and I'm afraid that whole team could suffer. Bringing in a guy like Julio Jones changes the changes the picture. Guys that you were expecting to take the second load or the second uh, amount of targets are now taking the third or fourth. That changes the picture dramatically. I think it's the best fit, too. I hate it. I don't want him to be in Tennessee because I don't want to see him twice a year whooping me. I don't want to watch that happen. But uh, the reality of the situation is you have to put that aside, and it makes sense, I think, for both sides. So. It- it does make a lot of sense, and obviously I'd like to see him be a Colt, and we've talked about it, that we don't think Ballard will spend the picks to to get him, and then he's got to spend the money to pay him. But I was just thinking about this, Tony, while you're talking. What if Ballard gets a little intel and just plays a little bit of defense and gets him just so Tennessee doesn't? Well, here's the problem. I like the idea, but somebody threw something else at me today that really kind of threw me off guard. The Colts are in a precarious situation with their second and third round picks. Nobody's going to pay a first round pick for Julio. But now our second round pick is tied up conditionally into a first. So we can't trade our first or our second. I say we, as I know I'm a Colt. I'm not a Colt. I am not affiliated (laughs) with the Colts. I have nothing to do with the Colts. I say we because I'm a passionate fan. The Colts can't just willy-nilly offer a second round pick. I never thought of this. That's not in the cards. Like, it can't happen. So how can... How can Ballard trade for Jones knowing that he's got a pick tied up right now for Carson Wentz? Well, he could make it more conditional trade offer and maybe throw in a young guy like uh, Paris Campbell or even maybe a Michael Pittman. I don't know. Oh, that'd be fascinating. I don't, I don't think that that's something he would do. I don't, I guess it's I don't, a stretch. I don't know. Him. A stretch. It's a stretch to give the youth. By the, the time, by the time people listen to this, he may already have been traded. I mean, we don't know today. Yeah, Nope. Today, Arthur uh-huh. Smith commented because reporters were asking about, well, if he's not traded by now, I mean, is he going to be a mini camp? And the head coach said, I can answer that for you next week. So I think that's the timeline. I think we're dealing within a week. Julio Jones will be dealt because that, that's an odd response for him uh, to, to say it like that. So I think within a week, Julio will be dealt. So I think we've agreed the Titans make the most sense. Is that where we want him to go, or is that where what makes the most sense? Let's get this out of the way. We don't want to talk about this anymore for at least a little while. Where do you want him to go? Is that it? Seattle and Tennessee, is that it? I want him to go to the Colts. Seattle, Indianapolis, Indi- and Tennessee, is that it? Yeah, yeah. No I don't for- want Julio to just fade into nothing. I, I mean, he has a Hall of Fame career going for him right now, and so I don't want him to go to, like, the Patriots to just – trickle away like you know some of the other stars have done in the past like chad johnson and reggie wayne i want him to actually like finish his career strong and actually because he's he could still do it he's still good so i want him to actually go to a team and make a difference so yeah i I want him to go to a better team like those those teams enough about julio jones i don't want to hear any more about julio jones for like five or six days and then maybe 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 we can talk about him but i don't want to talk about julio jones at all last week we talked about NFL risers, where teams that didn't quite make the playoffs we thought could make the leap, or teams that were very, you know, subpar. The 49ers were, were my selection. I had two, three, two, three, four wins. I don't remember exactly, but uh, I expect them to make a significant push up. Today, 
let's talk about teams that did make the playoffs last year that we don't think will make them this year or think that maybe could slip out of contention at least. And Corey, why don't you go ahead and start? Yeah, I took the Saints, and mainly the simple reason is Drew Brees retired. They've been a perennial playoff team for the past decade, past decade plus with him at the quarterback position. And now all that's going to change. They've got the eighth hardest schedule in the NFL next year. Uh, Their weapons are kind of thin on the offense. It's really only Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, who are probably, they're both one of the best at their positions. Uh, but besides that, you know, they're, the defense is a little soft, especially at corner position. Uh, a couple of teams in the division just got a little bit better. Darnold went to the Panthers, so we expect them to improve. The Falcons drafted Pitts, and we do expect them to trade Julio Jones, but they've got a new coach in there, so that could bring some new life. And then the Bucks are returning all their starters, and they arguably have the best wide receiver core in the whole NFL. So, you know, with Breeze Wait, 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 wait. The Bucks have the best wide receiver core in the NFL. Oh yeah, Daniel, do you feel like we've done this before? <laughs> okay, listen. Yeah, I want to talk about that, but we're not going to talk about it right now. I'm not trying to interrupt you, but we're about to talk about the best running back core. Let's talk about the best wide receiver core soon, please. Anyway, continue. We will. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah, it's about fifty-fifty on who the starter is going to be this year. Hopefully, it's like they make the right decision. It's Winston. They continue to use Hill as as a weapon, but um, they've got a tough road ahead of them this year. It's a big change for them. Um, I, it, I could easily see them, you know, Sean Payton pushing them through, getting them to the playoffs, but at the same time, uh, I think they could easily not make it. They're in a tough division. So, yeah, Saints for me. I totally agree, and you nailed it the beginning. You nailed it at the beginning. We've fallen into this trap before where uh, a veteran – and a Hall of Famer like Drew Brees retires, and we just expect that the coach or the organization or the system is going to elevate this next quarterback into that position. To be quite frank with you, I don't care if it's Winston or if it's Hill. I agree with you, Corey. The Saints are taking a step back because Drew Brees is not there anymore. I, I think that's absolutely relevant. I, I don't think that we, as like people who are watching football, like we, I don't think we're giving that enough credit that the Saints are in a drastically different situation than they were a year ago. That's just what it is. Uh, there's gonna t- it's going to take some time to figure this out, and the, the division makes it more difficult. The division is the reason why I'm going to take the Ravens, which may make Daniel unhappy. Um, but he has talked before about that Ravens division with the, with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns, and even the Bengals now, who were a joke just, just a couple of years ago, were the, the laughingstock of the NFL. You know, they're a team you have to pay attention to now. Legitimately. The Ravens are in, they do have one of the worst schedules in the league because they're in the, one of the worst divisions in the league. The, the toughest, I mean. And they all have difficult schedules. He and I looked at this together. It was mind-blowing. When I couple that with the limitations that I see out of Lamar Jackson, this is not to bash him. The fact of the matter is, he has been accurate recently at 60-some percent for the last two years. So we joke about him not being able to throw the ball. But the reality of it is, is when he does throw the ball deep, he can't get that shot, right? And the playmakers inside the field, the the guys close up that are getting those catches, can't make the big plays afterwards. This rushing attack isn't better than it was last year, even with Mark Ingram, who is, you know, third or fourth or fifth or seventh or tenth 
running back on Houston Texans? I don't, I don't know. Not the point. This running back group's not that much improved from last year, if at all. So that's not better. The wide receiving group isn't significantly better. I mean, Russell Wilson, I mean, uh, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson can't do it all. And I, and I think that in a difficult division, without the support that he needs, he's going to be the victim here. And Daniel, look at the schedule, please. The last, like, he's got like five games in a row that are all away games. Yeah, I've got it up here. Um, well, first they play the Chiefs in week two. So that's a great confidence boost. Um, and then, so let's, I'll just, I'll start with a couple games they actually have at home. But it's just a rough, rough stretch, which I think me and you are going through together. So they host the Colts, um, which is a great defense there. And then they host the Chargers, which is another great defense all-around team there. Um, so they could easily lose both of those games. And then they, they, they go in division with the Bengals. And then they play the Vikings, who, you know, great offense. They're going to need to put it all together there. Is that at Minnesota? That is at home. The Ravens are at home that week, but then they go to Miami. There you go. Okay. Which is going to be tough. Uh, Miami is going to be a team to look out for this year. And then they go to Chicago, um, which is another great defense. Uh, could be a surprising team. And then they host the Browns, which is brutal every time. And then they go to Pittsburgh. And then they go to Cleveland. So they play the Browns twice in three weeks, which is pretty typical. And then they play the Packers at home. Wait, wait, wait. Um, That's then, the stretch I'm talking about. So the Browns in two weeks, the Packers, and name, Steelers. And then they play the Bengals, Rams, and Steelers yeah, to there end it is. the year. It's done. I mean, I, it's done. Brutal. Yep. If you had, if, if you have, you, you better have a winning record. And their, their buy is like week eight. They've got to go to like the hardest 10 weeks in football with no break in between. I mean, this team, I'm telling you now, the team's a faller. I can't, I, and now I'm more convinced than I was when we started the show. I'm more convinced than I was when we recorded this the first time and it got deleted because I didn't hit the record button. I'm that much more convinced than I, than I was then. So, Daniel, we just beat up on the Ravens for a long time. Who's your faller? Faller. Yep, yeah, I hate it. But it's, it's always tough to pick a faller from great teams that made the playoffs. But it's tough. I'm actually, you know, it, it does suck. It's nice to pick the risers because, those are the teams that you're like rooting for that still didn't make it. There's no, there's no real uh, fallback there, but my faller is actually the Chicago bears. Um, QB situation, obviously uncertain. They drafted Justin Fields. I think he was 11th overall. So, you know, they're saying the right things going into camp of there's going to be an open QB competition. They're not going to start Andy Dalton just to start him. Um, so I kind of like that, actually. So Justin Fields, there's potential that we could see him starting week one, although I don't know that that's going to happen. I think I think Andy Dalton is going to be their starting quarterback for a little bit, and I, I, I don't know how that's going to go. You talked about hard schedules, Tony. Good God. The Bears have, a, have the third hardest schedule right what? behind the Ravens. So when you're talking about the Ravens schedule, let me let me hit you with this stretch. Um, that the Bears have. I'm pulling it up here. This is absolutely brutal. They open it up with, against the Rams. <laughs> nice. And then they play. So they, they're going to end up playing, like I mentioned, the Bears playing the Ravens. They're going to end up playing that dreaded AFC North. Hey, wait a minute. Wait so, a minute. September 12th, 8.20 p.m., Bears at Rams. Justin Fields starts that game. I'm calling it right now. I, that would make that game a lot more exciting. I'll tell you that because I'm picking the Rams either way. But with Justin Fields there, there's a little bit of a little bit of the if factor there. Oh, yeah. But 
listen to this stretch. So they host the Packers, who are obviously in division, and then they go to Tampa Bay to play the Bucks, and then they host the 49ers, which could be a, just a dynamite team again this year, and then they go to Pittsburgh, and then they host the Ravens, and then they kind of get a little bit of a week off, but not really because they play the Lions, but the Lions are in their division. So they are kind of built to compete with the Bears. And then they play, listen to this, they host the Cardinals, and then they go to the Packers, then they play the Vikings, and then the Seahawks. So, I mean, we're talking about six or seven games in a row that they could lose potentially. And, you know, if Aaron Rodgers stays in this division, they could easily, I mean, with the Vikings defense getting better this offseason, the Vikings are going to be back, by the way, with their defense. Um, they're, they're projected to be like a top five defense again this year. So the, the Bears could easily go two and four if they get lucky in this division. Um, and then, you know, we get bad news already today that Daz Newsome, their wide receiver that they picked in this year's draft, already broke his collarbone today and is out for the year. So it's looking rough for the Bears already before the season starts, and then we don't know who we're going to have at quarterback. Uh, there's too many variables there. So the Bears are my follower. Yeah, the Bears as a follower does make sense. Um, last year, we the, the Bears were a fringe team that for some reason I believed in. I don't know that I can – I mean, maybe they just need to show up and win a few games and I'll believe in them again. But th they are a French team. And, <laughs> I mean, we already talked yeah, about the most division, difficult divisions in football and, like, which ones we think they should be. But now we're not paying attention to this division. And this is one of the most division, difficult divisions in football. I mean, the Bears could easily slip out of this. I do think Justin Fields will be the starter, but I don't know what that means. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen here. Did you mention um, Did you mention on this take or on the last take that there's really not very many options behind Allen Robinson because there uh, there aren't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney, and then if Montgomery can uh, can get the target. So I mean, that's that's it. There is there is nobody else in that entire offense that is gonna is gonna catch the ball other than like Tariq Cohen. So they they are definitely in trouble, and I. I you know, I, I don't know what the season holds. I think I think that next year, I think Matt Nagy is going to keep his job just from just from the promise of Justin Fields and drafting him. So I have a better outlook for the Bears actually in 2022 than I do in 21. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle Up. Team on three. One, two, three. Three.